Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is September 18th, and this is another edition of the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Every neighborhood has a heartbeat, a place that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core. In Boston's historic North End, that place is Boston Barber and Tattoo Company. Boston Barber and Tattoo Company has become home to A-list Boston celebrities like Gordon Hayward, Milan Lucic, Brad Marchand, Kelly Aaron Baines. Boston Barber and Tattoo is more than just Boston's most well-known corner barbershop. It's also a tourist attraction for hundreds of thousands of people that visit the North End throughout the year. Boston Barber and Tattoo, a North End landmark that represents a cultural epicenter of the area at its core, located at 113 Salem Street in Boston. Welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. And uh, again, want to, uh, I want to thank some of the, uh, the listeners uh, and your followers of, uh, at Bruins CLNS who reached out to us last week um, about you know, what we talked about with 9-11 and everything and remembering that uh, on the actual day. Um, of course, hard to believe that was 17 years ago, but uh, I shared my experience of that day being that it was the, also the first day for me, on the Bruins beat, showing my age a bit there, but it's what it is. And uh, I want to thank uh, all those who reached out and said that they appreciated us recognizing that. And uh, of course, we're going to do that. Um, you know, one thing we try to pride ourselves here on, on the Bruins beat, and, and throughout my career, I've always tried to do that is intertwine, intertwine life and sports, and always remind people how much more important life is. This is great. This is a distraction, and. Um, but something like that, I think, deserves to always be remembered, and it will be again next year if I'm hosting this podcast a year from now. But let's get right into it. The Bruins are now full swing ahead. They're into training camp. They've already got a preseason game in China uh, under their belt where they won 4-3 uh, to three in a shootout, and then they took another shootout win. Uh, that, was last, uh, that was Saturday, 2.30 in the morning. Not sure how many of you got up uh, for that. Early, early, early. Well, I guess it could be late if you're out having a good time, if you know what I mean. So maybe early, late for some of us, tilt that they had uh, in Shenzhen in China uh, Saturday morning where they won 4-3 to three in a shootout. And then, of course, on Sunday, back here in Boston, uh, they hosted the Washington Capitals at TD Garden. Uh, and they were able to take away a 2-1 shootout win there. Quickly, though, I want to look back at the, the China game, the first China tilt. And, man, 
lucky for the Bruins. I don't know if you guys have seen the highlights, but uh, lucky for them that they made it out of Shenzhen right after that because uh, they are now engulfed in a typhoon. Uh, floods everywhere, getting ravaged by a, a, a vicious, they say, the world's powerful, most powerful storm to date right now this year uh, is hitting China. So uh, good that the Bruins are safe. They will play their next game. Uh, about a day after you'll listen to this, uh, this Wednesday, they'll play uh, in Beijing and wrap that up, and then they'll book it home here to join the other uh, training camp squad here and, and really get into training camp full mode with a full squad. Coaches will have a better chance to kind of really see how everybody is meshing, see who deserves to be on the team and who doesn't. Uh, but, of course, one of the things that was done um, before they left for China, and we didn't really have a chance to discuss it, too much last week was the Bruins traded away uh, longtime defenseman uh, here. He's been here since, you know, Oh nine Oh 10. And he was a, a huge part of that dress room, a, a tough as nails, do anything for his teammate type player, a class act off the ice. And that's Adam McQuaid. Uh, and he heads over to the New York Rangers. Uh, this was actually announced the day we released our podcast. And if you listen back to that podcast, Evan Marinovsky, our intern and myself were both speculating that, you know, the Bruins coming in with like nine defensemen, that something had a budge. And I said that one of McQuaid, Krug, Grizzlick, and now I forget who the other guy was that I, uh, oh, or Kevin Miller. I said one of those four would be dealt. And 24 hours later, Adam McQuaid was dealt to the Rangers in exchange for former Bruin and now Bruin again, uh, defenseman Stephen Camphor, uh, a 2019 fourth round draft pick and a 2019 conditional seventh round draft pick. I had the chance uh, actually on Monday uh, after training camp, after the two practice sessions, to uh, talk with Stephen Camper uh, about returning to Boston and just uh, kind of how he's changed as a player. He also touched on how great a teammate Adam McQuaid was and how they still stay in touch and kind of ironic they were traded for each other. But we'll play that at the end of this podcast right now. What I do want to talk about, though, is the GM, Don Sweeney, who made that deal. Again, wheeling and dealing with uh, his old friend Jeff Gordon from uh, the New York Rangers there, of course, they hooked up on a big trade at the trade deadline and saw Rick Nash uh, head this way. But I want to talk about the job he's doing, all right? And, and like I said, one of these defensemen had to go. You know, I heard somebody say he, he didn't think they got enough for Adam McQuaid and like a friend of mine. And I was like, you nuts? He got Stephen Camper, who, yes, he's going to be kind of a, riding the shuttle bus between Providence and Boston back and forth. Uh, he'll be a guy to come up when people are injured, you know, but still. He got him. He got a 2019 fourth-round draft pick and a 2019 conditional seventh-round draft pick. But the biggest thing is he shed McQuaid's 2.5 million cap hit, which now frees the Bruins up for some cap space uh, as the season approaches. And uh, they now have five million in cap space uh, as we head into the uh, the bulk of training camp here. And you know, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to to see Don Sweeney swing another deal. I know that, you know, they're looking for a guy to fill in his third-line center and also a guy to be on the wing with David Krejci. Danton Heinen looked really good scoring the shootout winner, but he played well overall throughout the game against the Capitals on Sunday, playing with David Krejci. They, you know, so they, they, they're going to look internally here at in camp. Uh, Sweeney's over there looking at the guys over in uh, China as they play there, and I'm sure they'll trade notes here with the crew that stayed behind with Joe Sacco, who's filling in for Bruce Cassidy here. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if he's not satisfied that Don Sweeney still pokes around and, and tries to fill that winger 
uh, via trade using some of this cap space that they now have. And one guy, I can confirm to you, uh, I don't know when the last time he checked in on him was, um, since I think it was about a week ago, I had heard that they had poked around. I don't know if they've done it again since, but a week ago, I can confirm uh, that the Bruins did circle back, because they've done it before, to the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, to see what was going on with the status of Artemi Panarin. All right? And uh, that would be one heck of a deal. And imagine putting him and David Krejci together on the same line. I mean, Artemi Panarin is in the prime of his career. Of course, he's heading into free agency after this upcoming season, and he's going to want a huge deal. He's made it very clear he wants to, he wants to hit pay dirt, made it very clear he wants to play in a big market. But uh, I had heard some rumors last week that the, the Florida Panthers had made a solid offer, but the, you know, it was rejected by the Blue Jackets. Uh, and then I heard another rumor that they had accepted it. So I checked with his agent, Daniel Milstein. He said, as of now, I've not heard anything about a trade. They have not come to us at all. Uh, to sign an extension with another team. Um, so, you know, according to Daniel Milstein, the agent for our Timmy Panarin, as of last Thursday, so that would be September uh, 13th, uh, he told me that there was nothing cooking right now. But that could change a lot as camp goes on here and right before the season starts. And don't count on swinging out, on swinging for the fences again. He tried to do it with Rick Nash. It's not his fault it didn't work with a concussion. But he's He's interested in Artemi Panarin. I've heard that the starting point would be Jake DeBrusque. I don't see that happening. And I, I kind of get the feeling why that is the reason it hasn't happened. Now, if Panarin all of a sudden says, I'll sign to an extension, and it's a reasonable cap hit, and both parties agree, that could change the whole holding off on moving Jake DeBrusque to Columbus. But they're going to have to give up some of their top NHL-ready players, uh, guys that have already played uh, – some NHL games likely, and then a, a first-round pick and probably a top prospect. But the Bruins are still pretty loaded when it comes to that. So you have to consider right now, if you hear any big names available as we go on with training camp here, even as the season starts, and up until, you know, the point where teams really evaluate themselves, and of course that's at the American Thanksgiving, but anytime you hear a name, you can bet your, uh, your bottom dollar that Don Sweeney is in on him, all right? And I, I don't think he gets enough credit. Has he, has he hit that home run yet that he's been trying to get and swing for? No, not exactly. Um, but I think he's done a great job of replenishing the system. I think he's sprinkled in some good veterans here and there. Uh, people will point to David Backus and say he's a bust. I'm going to get to him in a bit because I have an idea, and I'm, I'm going to plead to Don Sweeney to listen to me on it. But, you know, they'll say he's a bust, but he's had some injury issues, concussions, problems. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a different style than the way the game is going right now. But he's come back leaner, and we're going to get to that in a second. I don't think Don Sweeney's done that bad a job, and I think he should, he should be applauded. He got the team back to the playoffs after missing playoffs for two years. Uh, they lose in one round to Ottawa in 2017. And then, of course, last year they make it to the second round, and they fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning in five. And, and just clearly outclassed by the Lightning, a better and deeper team. Um, but I, I think that the Bruins are in position to contend again. And I think Don Sweeney is, is ready to take that leap again if he has to, and it could come soon based on, you know, the recent track record of him poking in on a player like Panarin and trying to see what it would take to get him. It could come sooner than expected. So keep your eye on that and uh, always, uh, you know, give this guy some credit. I, I, I know that, you know, maybe he, he didn't do that great with the picking – 
back to back to back in a 2015 draft. Kind of got a bad feeling that Shenson's not going to, uh, Sazinson's got to, I can't pronounce his name. I'm brutal with it. Zach Sazinson, I apologize if I'm pronouncing it wrong, that he is going to maybe not be the guy they wanted. And of course, people say, why didn't you take Matthew Bells Barzell? Well, hindsight 2020, what are you going to do? And by, and by the way, at that draft, there were a lot of GMs. There was uh, a bunch of GMs that passed on Barzell, and there was a, a widespread uh, whispers, and it grew louder into strong chatter uh, that Barzell had an attitude issue. Thankfully for the Islanders, he's correcting and he's becoming a superstar. So good luck to him and good on the Islanders for taking him. But overall, I think Don Sweeney's done a good job, and I will do my best in the coming weeks to keep my ear open about Panarin and uh, anything else that Don Sweeney might be uh, looking at to bring in as a potential winger. Another thing he'd like to fill is that third-line center slot. They said they're going to look um, internally. Hopefully one of their young players can move up into that spot. However, I say, why don't you bring back uh, David Backus? You know, and I had a chance recently to talk about uh, David back uh, to talk to David Backus about this, about moving back to center and if he would like it. And he said he was very open to it almost and almost said, you know, that that was kind of the plan. But for a variety of reasons, I've ended up the wing, but I'm telling you, he looks slimmer. I think he could be your best bet for now. And you can filter in, mix and match within the games or game by game, you can mix and match. But I would love to see him in the middle there, uh, centering some young kids and helping them out. And I think just if he can combine hopefully what is going to be a little more speed this year since he's lighter, uh, as well as his big physical presence in the front, I think that's going to help the Bruins a lot. This is what Backus had to say. Hey, this is Jimmy Murphy and Bruins Beat. And I want to tell you, if you wear contact lenses and find yourself dreading the annual appointment to renew your prescription, then you're going to love Simple Contacts. It's a great new company that makes this annoying process very well simple. Simple Contacts lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from your phone or computer in minutes. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. You can take the Simple Contacts vision test online in five minutes. A real doctor reviews it and renews your prescription. You save time, you save money, and you save yourself a headache. And if you have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it or your doctor's info and order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. This is vision care for the 21st century. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20. Now, look, come on, compare that with an annual appointment, which can be up to $200 without insurance, and they have some of the best prices on contacts, and shipping is free. Best of all, my listeners will get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $20 on your, on your lenses, go to simplecontacts.com slash my code and enter the code my code at checkout i want to mention that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam you'll still need those occasionally but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision has if your vision hasn't changed again check out simple contacts and get twenty dollars off by going to simplecontacts.com slash my code and then enter the code my code at checkout give it a try and thank me later Dan, um, a lot of talk right now about who might be the third line center for this team this year could you ever envision yourself being back there uh i could i think that was that was kind of what was sold to me a little bit when i signed here but you know i i don't think they're 
putting me at wing because they're uh, know I can do a better job than whoever's there and they're just saving me for something. Mm -hmm. I think they're maybe like me at wing or they want the help at wing or that's just where they're using me and I need to, you know, face that opportunity or embrace that opportunity, whatever that is. And if that's on the wing, that's great. I need to be the best winger I can. If that's to a you know young kid like you know Trent Frederick or Sean Corrali or Noel or whoever that is on the third line, you know, embrace that and be the best third line we can be to help this team win games. And that's kind of my mindset and looking forward to it. That being said, it's been you know almost two full years since I played center. So if that is going to be the case, I'd like to maybe start doing that sooner rather than later so I can get back into that role. Is it, it's not like riding a bicycle? or Not quite. <laughs> just the conditioning level that yeah, it takes to play center from one goal line all the way to the other goal line. Um, some chemistry. Obviously, the system Butchie runs is a little bit different than what I was used to in St. Louis. So um, I've tried to learn by watching, you know, some great centers that we have on this team. But it's uh, it needs to be a little more monkey do than just monkey see here. How are you feeling physically? I'm feeling well. I'm healthy as I've been. I'm maybe in the best shape I've been, and I'm excited to you know get this plane ride over with so that we can get our skates on the ice and, and get to work. So, you know, interesting. I mean, it sounds like he would love to do it, but he's also being a great leader and teammates. And I understand, though, you know, if they want me to mentor from the wing, I'm going to do it there as well. Another guy we heard in trade rumors uh, throughout the summer, and I was part of it, you know, I don't say they're spread, spreading rumors. It was truth. It was fact. The Bruins were listening to and discussing potential trade scenario, scenarios, one of them with the Edmonton Oilers and former Bruins GM Peter Shirelli, uh, with Tory Krug. And when the one I kept hearing, I reported all the way back before the deadline and people laughed at me, but I stuck with it. And then of course my colleague and friend, Joe Haggerty wrote about it this summer. There was a deal that was going to see the main pieces would be Oscar Clefbaum going from the Oilers to the Bruins and Tory Krug from Boston to Edmonton. I've since found out that Tory Krug has um, some no trade, um, you know, no movement clause in his, uh, it's a modified no trade clause, excuse me, in his contract. Um, but you know what? He's got this year left and then next year, both at $5.2 million. And as Krug says, and good on him for pointing it out, there's nobody here in Boston right now, there's nobody on that blue line that can do what he does. And he's absolutely right. He is the best puck-moving defenseman they have. I think John Moore, though, was brought in to potentially – add more of that and maybe eventually since he's only coming in at 2.7 million for the next five years next five seasons I think they brought it they made that signing with the hope and he looked pretty good in that game in China the other night uh they br brought him in to hopefully be one of the guys that could replace collectively between him and maybe uh, uh Matt Grizzlick later on who's only making 1.4 and maybe even Charlie McAvoy of course but the reason I, I said I'd heard what the reasoning was and the reason I stuck with it throughout the summer, and I apologize to Krug, and he says he laughed at the rumors. Whatever, okay. You think they're funny? Uh, I still think it bothered you. I can tell from the way he, ta from the way he talked, but I don't blame him if it did, you know. But um, there's truth to it. I think that they're looking at it and saying he's going to want a mega deal in his next contract when he's a UFA in 2020. They already have more there that can hopefully – um, materialize into that role there and hopefully become bring what Tory Krug brings. Right now he can't. Krug is right. He's the only guy. Um, but at the same time, 
They're also going to have to pay McAvoy big money next year and likely going to sign him to a mega deal. So they're going to need to free up money, more money on that blue line uh, as they go on here in the next two years. And that's why you heard Krug's name. But, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear him talk about it. Here's what he had to say uh, last week uh, on all the trade rumors surrounding him. Tori, sorry, late to the party, but um, what, you see stuff over the summer, you know, that you could be involved in trade rumors and stuff like that. How do you, how do you take it? Uh, you, you try to ignore it, and then you you laugh about certain things. Um, you know, I don't. You just focus on on what you do as an individual and your job every single day, and whatever happens happens. It's um, you know, it's just funny when you you can read certain things and and realize that there's probably no chance that certain things can happen and when other people pick up on it and then all of a sudden it snowballs into a big rumor or something so hey, those are just things you can't control as an athlete and it's part of it I used to, I had a player I had a player tell me one time like about that he said hey I don't care it just means people want me like it it made him feel better about his game like if I'm that good you know, yeah well okay speaking with people you know, if Gretzky can get traded anyone can get traded so it doesn't matter from that perspective and and yeah you definitely would feel wanted but okay I have a job to do here and and I feel that um, you know no one else you know does the job that I do here so um, I wouldn't understand something like that so it's uh, just something that I'm focusing on from a day-to-day -day basis so you know there he goes and again I agree with him nobody else uh, plays that role there but like he said um, you know, you might think it's crazy when you hear a reporter say that they might trade Tory Krug, but as he said there, hey, if Wayne Gretzky can be traded, anyone can be traded. And it's not that we're saying they should trade him or that I want him to be traded. It's just that financially and with the way this defense is progressing right now, it might make the most sense. But I do think the fact that they dealt McQuaid now, I do think that that, and not that they play similar roles at all, but they freed up some money there to at least get to next summer. So I, I see Krug at least lasting through this season, if not into 2019-20. It's going to be an interesting uh, situation to follow there. And, look, I hope he recovers. He looks like he's, he's all right. He skated on Monday. Um, I hope that recovery speeds up. And I think he's in for a big year if he's healthy. So good on him. Uh, he will definitely help the Bruins blue line. Another addition to the Bruins blue line, uh, and he's a former Bruin, uh, he was here for the cup year. Unfortunately, as he points out in this conversation I had with him, uh, he was unable to get his name on the uh, copy petition, but it didn't happen on the ring. But still, he treasures the experience, uh, and he's happy to be back in Boston. So we're going to get a listen here. This is the one-on-one -on -one I did with Stephen Camper, who was acquired in the trade with, for Adam, McQu Adam McQuaid from the Rangers, uh, talking to me this past Monday after practice. Uh, how's it feel to be back? That's good. It's, um, you know, it's a little different, but uh, it's, it's good to be back in an organization uh, you know you had success in before. So uh, you know it's uh, a lot of the same guys in the locker room. So it's, uh, it's good to be back. Were you able when you were here? Did you get your name on the cup? I missed remember? it by uh, two games. I think, two something games, like eh? that. But they petitioned for it. Um, you know, I had a couple injuries where I might have played a couple games, but. You know, it is what it is. It's, uh, you know, you were long for the run. It was a good experience. Uh, I was happy for the guys that, you know, that, that played and that won. And, you know, it's one of those things. You, you hope you come back and you do it again. You obviously being here in those years and seeing that run, uh, kind of saw the way the Bruins sort of made a comeback here in terms of the local sports scene and everything. And uh, just the excitement that went from all the people that watch them so far, but also the new kids watching them. What was that like to sort of see the you know, I guess the resurgence of the Bruins around here. Well, it was great. I mean, you know, being a part of it and then, um, 
you know, they, they had some success and then I, I don't even think they really fell off. They were always a team that was really good. Um, you know, and then and then Butchie came in and, and turned the team around. They played a little bit more up pace and uh-huh. a little bit more aggressive style. And you know, the last couple of years they've made really good runs. And you know, in playoffs they've they've ran into injuries. You know, with uh, with Tori, you know, with Carlo, guys like that. Where you know, <clears throat> right before playoffs guys are going down, or in playoffs guys are going down. So uh, it's kind of been you know bounce here, bounce there. You know, if things change. You know, maybe they're making another run for a cup and. Um, you know, it's great for the city of Boston. It's great for uh, for this organization that they're they're staying um, you know, as competitive as they are. And you know, it's just a, it's you know, it speaks volumes to the organization. You know, the owners, the the coaches, the management of, of keeping the core guys here and bringing in uh, character guys and, and making sure that they keep making a run. What did you think, though? I mean, when you were there, like, and you saw just how crazy this city was going during that time. What, like, what was that like as a player, just sort of seeing that? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, you had, you know, I don't even think you had, you know, just Boston around. You had, you had New England. You had, you know, fans from everywhere that were, you know, following, pulling for you. Um, uh-huh. You know, it was one of those things. That was, it was exciting. You know, the parade is something you'll never forget. You know, it was a million plus people that were yeah. lying in the streets. So it was, uh, it was, it was a great time and. You know, something that uh, you know we're striving for again. Did the trade just recently? Did that take you off guard, or did you sense it was coming? Or um, yeah, I definitely think it was uh, something you weren't really expecting that soon before camp. Um, you know, I was, I was geared up, ready to go, and, and try and you know have another season in New York there. But uh, um, you know, when you find out, you, you're excited. Uh, it's a new opportunity. You're going back to somewhere where, like I said before, you had you had a little bit of success. So. Um, more or less just, you know, you're coming back to an organization where, where you're familiar, uh, you know the style of play, you know guys that are in the locker room. Right. Um, makes things a little bit easier to, to transition back into. What uh, the Rangers look like, they were kind of going in a young direction as well, but you knew Quader from when he was here. How, how much do you think he's going to help them in terms of kind of being that mentor type guy? Oh, I think, you know, Adam was, um, you know, someone I hung out with a lot when I was here. Um, you know, we talk once or twice a year, you know, texting mm-hmm. or whatnot. So um, I think Quader's going to fit really well in that locker room. You know, watching a, watching an interview he had, you know, that, that locker room's very inviting. Um, you know, he's going to fit in really well. He's, you know, he's going he's gonna to lead by example like he did here. Uh, he does things the right way. He, he prepares. He makes sure everything's good. But he's going to be more of that steady presence, um, kind of like Mark Stahl uh, on the back end there. Mm-hmm. That, you know, can kind of solidify that, that one-two punch on the PK for him. Um, you know, play, you know, play some minutes for him. I, I think he's going to do well with, especially that, I guess that youth movement that they're trying to get. Um, you know, with the younger guys they're trying to bring in and play. Yeah. So he's going to kind of be that calming presence on the back end. So I think it'll be a good opportunity for him. It, if you can compare yourself, I know it's tough sometimes, but to what you were when you're here before, to your game now. I mean, where do you, what do you think's changed the most about you? I'm, I know it's a loaded question. I'm but. healthy now. <laughs> That is a big thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big thing. Uh, you know, I think when I left here, I was young. I was a cocky kid. Um, you know, kind of got humbled a little bit by, by bouncing around and, and, you know, playing in the minors a little bit. So, um, you know, you don't take things for granted anymore. You, you, you earn your spot. And you keep your head down. You work hard. But, um, you know, I think I'm a little bit more responsibly defensively. You know, I wasn't not trying to run and gun like I used to. I was right. trying to push the play. Um, but still trying to contribute offensively, but just making sure you know everything, you know, from the red line back, you're you're solidifying and and eliminating chances because you know I think before 
uh, my game was just trying to go all offense, and and you know that was the problem. And that's what the coaches talked to me about here um, my first time around. And then um, you know when I was in New York, they tried to you know really make me a, a defensive defenseman um, last year. But trying to you know the second half of the year before I got hurt, it was trying to uh, do a little bit more offense. But uh, I still think I have the offensive flair. It's just that, you know you got to make sure you're taking back taking care of your own end first. And it's ironic the game's kind of gone the way you used to be. Yeah. But it's true you got to you got to keep both ends going. Yeah, you got to you got to make sure you're you're ready to go. Um, you got to defend first, and that's you know that's first and foremost. And I think that that's the one thing that um, I've gotten a lot better at. Have you gone to a Red Sox game yet? Since I have back? not. I was actually going to go. It was just Saturday, but. Um, I actually thought I was going to play Sunday, so I didn't want to go. But right. um, I'll probably head, head to one before they make this, uh, this long run here. So I'll tell you one thing I took uh, from that interview that I thought really stood out to me. And it's interesting because I had some conversations with some reporters who were here during uh, Camper's time here before. Um, and he called himself out in there. You know, he said, hey, I was a young, cocky kid, and now I'm grounded, and I really learned a lot from bouncing around. I really treasure every minute I have up here. And, you know, that was kind of something I remembered from him, that he had some skill, but maybe he thought it was going to be a little easier than it was. And as he pointed out there, uh, the experience over the last seven years, last six years or so, um, up and down, AHL to NHL, has really taught him some lessons. So hopefully he can uh, somehow hook on or at least see some time here in Boston. We wish him the best of luck. And uh, we want to thank you for listening. And don't forget, every Tuesday, Bruins Beat here on CLNS. I'm Jimmy Murphy. Have a good one.